Before we jump into today's show, I just wanted to let you know that I have got a brand new three-part audio series available to download right now. If you head over to DonnaEed.com forward slash three-part audio, that's all one word, no spaces, you can download your How to Build Your Authority with Podcasting audio series. This is going to address guesting and hosting, so if you're interested in either of those and you want to know how to build your authority, head over to DonnaEed.com forward slash three-part audio. The link will be in the show notes. Welcome to the Wedding Procast UK. I am so glad to have you here today. If you are watching on YouTube, then please do hit that subscribe button, notification bell, and give this video a thumbs up if you enjoy the content. If you are listening on the podcast, please make sure you hit that subscribe button and please share this episode with somebody you think it might help. Today, I have a very special guest with me, the author of Toast, Short Speeches, Big Impact. Eddie Rice is a speechwriter and public speaking coach with 10 years of experience in the field. He loves creating a strong narrative driven speech that focuses on balancing emotional and thought leadership content. He has worked with executives, business leaders, non-profit leaders and everyone in between and today he is here to help us out with our public speaking. Now if you're sitting there saying Donna I do not get up on stage, this episode is not for me, I urge you to listen anyway because anytime we are speaking to people we don't know in front of people we don't know that is public speaking and I think for me personally something that I could always get better at and we could always do with a few tips. So let's jump into today's show. Welcome to the podcast, Eddie. I'm so excited to have you here today. Oh, thank you, Donna. I am excited as well. Can't wait. We're going to have a great conversation. Um, and that's because you are excellent at public speaking. So I hear. So it's going to be a good conversation. <laughs> I hope so. Hope I can live up to the reputation. <laughs> so, what I thought we would start with is um, a little introduction into you. So, I, I've obviously given a little intro um, before we came on. Um, but I would love for people to hear from you sort of. Where, where you started in the world of um, work and how it progressed and how you ended up to be here today with this fantastic book that you've written. It has been a long winding path to get here. I didn't set out straight out of college to write speeches or do public speaking. I was actually a teacher first. I taught eighth grade science for five years. And that's actually where I learned a lot about public speaking. I learned how to take a really complex topic, distill it down into bite-sized chunks for the students to understand, and then having to get up in front of a group of 30 kids every single day, every class period, um, really helped me you know, have an audience and know what they liked and know what worked and what didn't. And I could tell when I was losing them uh, mm -hmm. in, the, in the crowd. And it was after teaching that I thought I was gonna be a public speaking coach because I had been a teacher, I had been doing Toastmasters at the time. And to be honest, I actually had no business sense whatsoever. I've got a philosophy degree from undergrad and five years of teaching at that point, but not a lot of business sense. And my first foray into this whole thing didn't go well. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to build a website. I didn't know how to do content marketing. I didn't know how to put myself out there, get clients, and I actually failed at first. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until a few years later where 
I found um, sites like Elance and Odesk and Guru, the predecessors to Upwork, those gigs websites where people needed speeches written. And I said to myself, okay, if I can't coach people in public speaking, maybe I can write the speeches for them. Sure enough, um, that pivot helped me um, get my first batch of clients. And that's when I started to relearn how to build a website, how to do content marketing, how to do SEO, how to market myself. And that's when everything really took off. And I just created this kind of hybrid business and not just coaching people, but writing their speeches as well. I love it. And I think that is such an important thing for us to all remember is, you know, it doesn't always take off the first time you do something. And it is very easy, I think, to give up on something as, oh, it's just a bad idea. It's not going to work. But when you just come at it from a different angle, um, it can all fall into place. So I'm so, so grateful that you said that and so pleased for you that you didn't give up and you found a different way in to what it was that you wanted to do. Yeah, it's really about finding your niche and being willing to pivot, being willing to try different things. And I think if you're in the wedding industry, maybe if you know wedding planning itself isn't your thing, it might be one specific aspect about it, whether it's photography or catering or something else that you could specialize in and become known for that. And that's what I would recommend to anyone out there is find the part of wedding planning that you absolutely love and are an expert in and do that. And then you can add on all the other services as you progress through. But you know, you don't have to go at it full bore 100%. If you don't like other aspects of it, you can start small, find your niche and then work out from there. Yeah. Good, good, good plan, Batman, as I would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you brought up something there and, and I wanted to address it um, anyway. So it was a really good segue, actually, You that you were a teacher. And I said before we came on that I was going to talk about uh, where kind of public speaking first starts for most of us. Um, so were you one of these teachers that made all your class stand up and introduce themselves? <laughs> I wasn't. Um, so I was teaching science. So we really didn't do a ton of public speaking within the classroom, but we did do debates. Um, there, was the, there was that time where, you know, Pluto was delisted as a planet. It was more of a planetoid. And so I had the students take the facts on both sides and argue them. Mm. And they actually enjoyed doing that quite a lot. Um, yeah. Because when you're an eighth grader, when you're a teenager, you're quite opinionated at that age. And uh, they took to that really, really well. Um, mm. But there were other classes that did give our students, you know, opportunities to speak. And we had a um, graduation ceremony at the end of the year where the student would say where they wanted to go to college. And that was pretty scary for some of them. We had a few students who didn't want to speak and we had to encourage them to go up there on stage and say where they wanted to go to college. And it was a um, it was not easy for some mm -hmm. of the students. And we had to coach them through it, support them, show them how to do it and give them as much love and, and encouragement as possible that they could do it. Um, but sure enough, um, you're right. It all goes back to, I think, the the school experience and where we first kind of decide if we like public speaking or not. Mm, yeah. And I was going to say that's because debates, I think, is slightly different because it's it's all the class getting involved together. My daughter used to absolutely love debates at school. She used to get right in there. She is very opinionated, like you said. But a lot of the time, our first sort of foray into um, public speaking is when your teacher sort of says, OK, it's a new class or, you know, it's your first class and it's stand up, introduce yourself, 
tell us something interesting about yourself. And oh my gosh, just thinking about it, I can feel a cold sweat (laughs) on like and sort of putting myself back into like seven year old me's shoes and thinking, oh, don't want to stand up and say this in front of people and just the clammy hands and all of that. And I'm just not sure it's the best way to go about starting it. And that's kind of where that fear And I think a lot of us hold it, that fear around public speaking, which then just follows us through school from having to then do presentations in front of the class and and things like that. And it's it's quite a tough thing to to deal with when you then think about taking it into your adult life and speaking on stage. And that that's quite a big jump, I think. It is. It very much is. So there's some really great research out there. Um, I've been researching, you know, what are the roots of public speaking anxiety and how do we get to them rather than just treating the symptoms? And there, I found a few good research papers that talk about it's a gradual progression. Mm-hmm. It might just be you practicing one on one with a person and then progressing to small groups. Or it could even be, you know, if you don't want to go on stage, go on a podcast instead where you're talking one-on-one with a person, just like we're doing here now, even though it's going to be going out to hundreds, if not thousands of people, um, you know, it's much easier to have a conversation with somebody to get your point across than to book a stage, get an audience and get up there and speak. But the idea is, is that in your public speaking progression, you don't have to go from zero to 100 immediately. You can go from zero to one to two to three and build up gradually from there. And over time, um, that anxiety will lessen. Mm, Yeah, and I think that's a really good point as well, because um, people, when they hear the word public speaking, I think they often sort of sit there and think, oh, getting up on stage and speaking to hundreds if not thousands of people, that's public speaking. But actually, even in the wedding industry, the um, taking yourself and talking to your client, potential clients, selling yourself to that one person or those that couple, that's public speaking as well. You know, these are two people that you don't know. So um, like you say, going from just one person to a room of people to a hall of people or whatever, um, all of that is public speaking. So if I kind of feel like we almost need to say to ourselves, well, if you can speak to two people, you can speak to 100 people. But there is something different. There is something that happens in us that makes that feel so much more scary. Oh, very much, very much. That's why, I, you know, a gradual progression works. And then if you've got a Toastmasters club near you, I always recommend people go there to get public speaking training and advice. Mm. So it's a worldwide organization. They meet weekly and you give prepared speeches, but also impromptu speeches. And then you get feedback on how well you did. And it's very positive, encouraging and uplifting with the group that you're a part of. But the idea is that you start with these small audiences and you build up that confidence to where you can get on a stage eventually. And if you don't want to also just speak to lots of people one-on-one, you know, panels are a really great alternative where you're sharing the stage with three or four other people. And it's a little bit easier than to share the questions and answers that come from the audience or from the moderator. So you just want to also just calibrate what you're ready for and take that next step that's gradual. And that's, I think, going to help you eventually get onto the larger stage where you are in front of hundreds, if not thousands. 
<laughs> and I think in the wedding industry, there are a lot of speaking opportunities. Um, we obviously have our client meetings. There are wedding fairs. That was something I was always very nervous to do um, because it is that kind of almost you've got to go out and grab that person to talk to them because they're all kind of walking past with their their heads down like this (laughs) don't make eye contact they're going to speak to me and it's kind of scary because it is that situation where the people that are there feel like they're going to get sold to if they speak to you so having that confidence to kind of speak up and speak to them it's it's difficult and it was something I always struggled with. You know, I was always happy to be able to stand there and put a smile on my face, but I was always scared to initiate conversations. Oh, I get that. I get that 100%. And I'm not that person who you would want at your booth to go up to people just randomly to ask them things. But one one way to reframe it is, you know, instead of seeing yourself as someone who's going to be selling you're simply there to answer somebody's questions that they have, that you're an expert on your topic, on your area, and this person has questions on it. And if you can answer those questions, then you're going to automatically sell yourself without feeling like a slimy salesman or saleswoman, which I think a lot of us do, especially if we're fairly introverted like myself, mm-hmm. where I don't like you know, the hard sell. Instead, if you listen to a conversation I have with a client, it's just answering their questions. And by the time I've answered all their questions, they're ready to buy. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to go into any type of like sales technique or do any of the, you know, 100 tips to make the next sale, whatever those books and audio courses are out there that make you into that kind of like door-to-door salesperson. Um, You know, I think that that model is outdated. And I think what people are looking for are just answers to their questions and to know if you're the expert or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other area then, of course, is once we've done the wedding fairs, there are other speaking opportunities within the industry where we can go to conferences or, you know, stand on stage and actually deliver. And I think that there are many wedding vendors out there that struggle with public speaking, but also are exactly the people that need to be on stage sharing what they know because they're so good at it. Um, So what I would love for you to do, Eddie, is give us some tips. Give us some tips. How can we kind of conquer these school traumas, um, these nerves and uh, get over it? Um, And especially, obviously, with speech writing, like if you're going to sit down and you're going to write out what you're going to say, Sometimes I feel like I can speak easier when I have, you know, if I'm just going completely off the cuff and that sometimes having sort of it written down can trip me up because I'm either like looking right down and reading it word for word and then not making any eye contact with anybody or I look up and then I've lost my place and I've got no idea what I'm doing. So it kind of freaks me out to have the written thing, but then kind of freaks me out to not have anything. So so give us some tips on how we can uh, kind of manage this and, and get started with public speaking and, and getting over our fears a little bit. Sure. So I think I'll pick up on that last part. You know, do you write out an entire script? Do you just wing it? What do you do there? I go for a middle ground. I use bullet points a lot when I speak. Mm -hmm. So instead of having every single word scripted out, I know I'm going to mess up. I know I'm going to rearrange things while I'm speaking. I just have a set of bullet points that if I know I can hit those bullet points, I'm going to be in a really good spot. And then second, find something that you're passionate about and that you're an expert on. Those are the easiest topics to come up with. So don't go up there and try to talk about something that you have very little experience with. 
Instead, tell the stories that you've experienced with clients, you know, obviously change their names or the, you know, identifying details, but find where you are passionate and where you have that expertise. And that's going to be a lot easier to then answer what the people have in their minds. And that's the third tip is that you want to view a presentation as a conversation. You want to list ahead of time, what are the questions that are most likely in the audience's mind? Or you can even ask them right when you start and write them on a whiteboard or a piece of paper or whatever it is that you have with you. And then just answer those questions throughout your presentation and see it as a conversation of people asking questions, you giving great answers, and they'll walk away feeling fulfilled. So I think those three things with regular practice in front of small groups of people are what are going to set you apart from anyone else out there. Oh, do you know what? I actually love that. And it, it sounds scary to sort of say, ask the audience and write it on a whiteboard and then just kind of, it's almost like you are just like having that conversation. And if it was one-on-one, you probably wouldn't be so nervous. But I like that idea of maybe sort of coming up with the common questions that people would ask and writing down your stories, writing down those things that you um, that you know, and then filtering that in with these questions that people are asking you in place. I mean, what a great thing to be able to do to actually answer their questions, because they're going to be more engaged if they think you're going to answer the exact question they've asked. And if you're an expert in it, if you've chosen your niche well, then you're going to be able to answer it. I think we're always scared that people are going to sort of find us out, you know, (laughs) we're not really who we say we are and things like that. We're going to get caught out. But at the end of the day, um, if you know your stuff, then you you can be confident in knowing that, you know, if they ask a question, you're going to have some kind of answer to it. And um, yeah, bullet points, very good idea. It's what I do with my podcasts, actually, um, because I do tend to go off script quite a lot. So it's good to have the bullet points there just to keep me back on track. Um, So that's a fantastic idea. Um, I really appreciate those tips. And I'm definitely going to try and be more... um, be more forthcoming when it comes to um, opportunities because I tend to I've spoken at a couple of networking events um, when it's been sort of six or seven people in the room and that's kind of my comfort zone I'm like I can do this that's fine Um, but any more than that and I and the sweat starts so um, I think I have more confidence than I used to have Mm -hmm. and I think I'm just underestimating myself a little bit and I think a lot of people do that they kind of clam up and underestimate themselves and think that just because I couldn't do it at school means that I can't do it now and I think um we we all need to be a little bit braver or a little bit braver right we talk about that a lot when I when I was a teacher uh, a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset and mm-hmm. Carol Dweck has an excellent book on it um and it's the it's the, I think it's called mindset um but I would look up Carol Dweck D-W-E-C-K and that's what she talks about is we, if you have a fixed mindset and you say, oh, I'm never going to be good at public speaking, well, you're never going to go out there and try to do better. But if you have a growth mindset that says, hey, this is something I can get better at, I'm going to do it gradually, I'm going to push my comfort zone just a little bit more each and every time that I speak, you're going to take those opportunities, you're going to learn from them. And you're going to have a better just mindset about it in terms of improving. And you're going to see the improvement that happens. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. So on, on the uh, subject of books that we can read about um, these different subjects, 
you've got a book, Eddie. Tell us about your book. I do. It's called Toast, Short Speeches, Big Impact. So it's a guide for anyone who needs to give a short speech for any special occasion, whether it's for weddings, retirements, award toasts, all of those little moments in our lives that cause a good amount of fear and anxiety. This book gives you a seven-step system to write your toast, to rehearse it and perform it. And then it also, in the second half of the book, has sample speeches that you can read to gain inspiration from for your own toast. Oh, I love that. So this is a book, guys, that we can definitely recommend to our couples. Um, We need to give it to the best man, I expect, as a gift before the day. Um, But also that I'm sure the tips in there can completely transfer to public speaking for if we're going to stand on the stage and speak to people. Very much, very much. So it's a small book, but the impact, the I guess the the wisdom in it can be applied to any speech. Um, it's it's just a matter of asking the right questions to generate ideas, and then from there, setting up equal time to not just write out what you want to say, but practice it as well. That's one of the points I'm making the book is, you know, people write their speech up until the last minute, and then they don't practice it. Well, that's not going to work for you because you need to rehearse it just as much as you write it. So that's why I recommend to people equal amounts of time writing, but also practicing and rehearsing it. Um, You can get a recorder app on your phone and play back your speech for you. Um, You can even get it transcribed through various methods as well to see what it looks like on paper. Um, Those are all tips that you can use to help practice and rehearse ahead of time. Mm, and I think that is a bonus tip for us there, guys, because you didn't mention that earlier, but rehearsing it and going back and and making sure that you're hitting those points and um, that it's making sense um, can really help just alleviate some of that stress and let you know you've got this. You can do it. It's, it's not a not a big deal. We can we can all do this. Um So I I love that. What I will do is I will link to the book in the show notes. I'm also going to link to a video that I watched recently from um, Amy Landino, who actually spoke about this kind of public speaking and her staff had her do. (laughs) They literally set up a TV for her in her home and um, didn't tell her what it was going to be, just gave her a topic and then gave her slides that almost seemed to not be relevant at all and she had to do a five minute pitch off the cuff and so I can't remember the topic was um something like um how to um sort out your messy mind or something and there was a picture of a house that was full of mannequins and toys and stuff and then there was a a picture of potatoes (laughs) and a picture of lego and she was just like yes you don't want to be a potato (laughs) (laughs) Just like it was amazing that she just did this like five minute chat. And what she said, because she knew her stuff, the topic was something she knew about, she could make the slides make sense somehow. It was incredible. And um, so I think that would be a good a good accompaniment to um, this podcast. Um, definitely go and check out Eddie's book because I think it would definitely be useful for our clients. Um, and if you are interested in getting into public speaking, then I think it would definitely help you guys as well. Especially if your biggest fear is like coming on, even coming onto a podcast and and doing that where 
you're only speaking to one other person if that sends shivers down you then I think getting this book and kind of walking through it doing a couple of speeches even if you're not going to actually deliver them just start practicing this kind of thing um, it would make it so much easier for you to step out of your comfort zone so Eddie I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today where can people find you if they want to connect uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm just Eddie-Rice on LinkedIn, but also my website, Rice Speechwriting. So rice, just like the food, followed by the word speechwriting.com. Uh, that's where you can find me. Uh, both of those, you know, you'll get in contact with me. And if I'm not able to help you out with your problem, I actually have a network of coaches, of writers, of resources that are going to help people become better speakers. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today, Eddie. I hope you enjoyed that, guys. I will see you in the next one. Bye for now. Thank you, Donna. Don't forget to hit those stars and leave a review of the podcast where you listen if you found value in what you heard today. It's a free way you can help the podcast reach more people just like you.